Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg Podcast, episode 534. Charlie here with you, not with Mitch Ross on the other side of the Zoom. My guy, Nolan Murphy, uh, joining us uh, for the first time since, I think, Labor Day weekend when we did an impromptu Packer preview pod after we had watched Florida State LSU. Um, a lot has changed uh, since then, um, and we're going to talk about it all. Uh, the Jair Alexander drama, what's going on with Joe Barry, uh, Jordan Love contract, what do we do there, the front office and coaching future, uh, some holiday best bets, and uh, Herb Cole's legacy. Uh, probably talk maybe a little too about what the Bucks have been doing uh, the last few weeks as they just wrapped up yet another victory. But Murph, what's happening? How you doing? Great to see you and hear you, Chuck. And yeah, I had to give the uh, the mayor the week off. You know, it's a big PTO week, and uh, <laughs> we know that tapping the kegs benefits are up there with a lot of the Fortune 500 companies. Yeah, so you know. you know, Mitch submitted the PTO, and I approved it in ADP. And I'm just happy to be here. I'm sure I thought we were going to lead off with uh, the demise of Russell Wilson, but we'll save that for another day. Well, uh, we, can talk. we certainly can talk about Russ. I mean, that's a uh, it's kind of a rest and piss sort of sort of situation here with uh, with Packer fans. Yeah, maybe for the end. But yeah, I figured, you know, state of the union time. We're basically in the playoffs, as in every game matters from here on out. And uh, the last time we spoke, I definitely didn't think Joe Barry was a full sieve and uh my mind has definitely been made up and changed over time, but yeah, happy holidays, happy Kwanzaa, happy boxing, boxing day, boxing week. Who knows what it is? No, up it's north. Just, I think it's uh, just a day. I think it's just a day, but yeah, new year starting. I mean, some people would say, you know, if we were to do a Spotify draft of our, uh, our podcast, our, our NFL draft after gate, day one of the draft might've been the best podcast of the year. Uh, some are saying, so, I mean, you know, we're just running it back for, for the people in one of the last pods of the year. And it's East Dakota week, uh, AKA against the Minnesota Vikings, um, which one of your, one of the, maybe the greatest terms that you've given me um, when I do post that in the reviews and different things, people always get really fired up when you call them. People East get Dakota. upset here and there. I have a, I have a couple, couple good ones. Usually a lot of bad jokes, a lot of bad humor that really no one gets, but when you do get it, it really does hit. So Yeah. Um, I would love to petition uh, for some sort of trademark in East Dakota, but yeah, uh, the Queens fans, they really, that one really digs deep for them. That's something that if you really want to try to get hit in a bar late at night, uh, you call, you know, bring up East Dakota. That's like, calling much somebody sure. a, that's like calling somebody a fuck boy, right? Like you just yep. know, if you call somebody a fuck boy, you're probably, you're probably yeah. going to get hit. Or if you spit on somebody, like you're probably going to get hit. Like it's just, it's just how it goes. And to transition to Jair Alexander, you know, he kind of spit in the face of the organization uh, this week by going on the field with a coin toss. Uh, not to say I called it. I didn't necessarily know if he'd get suspended, but the podcast I did yesterday by myself, Taylor Tab, which you guys can go listen to, or Tab and Kate Daily, that is, I talked about how the Packers had an authority problem, how they were just kind of getting stomped on and that everybody's just doing whatever the hell they wanted. And that, not that it was Jordan Love's fault, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, commanded some respect. And because Aaron Rodgers had been doing it for so long that he, that people were kind of, they behaved with Aaron Rodgers because it's Jordan Love, because of this young team, there isn't that much. And there isn't really that veteran leadership. And you see it uh, present with Jair Alexander. He now gets suspended for arguably the biggest game of the year against Justin Jefferson, who has been sort of a rival for him. 
And he's now sitting in a game that matters the most for the Green Bay Packers. And I think it's the right move. I don't have any problem with it. Um, I, did you have any issue with what the Packers decision they made today? Not at all. And uh, I'm very biased. I've been very out on Jair probably since the day the ink uh, got dry on that contract that we will hopefully not regret because most uh, non-quarterback deals don't have a lot of dead money. Um, if this was the NCAA from 20, you know, 2005, I think we'd definitely be getting some lack of institutional control uh, charges uh, against the Packers right now for many and my rate of reasons, but they had to draw lines. The youngest team in the NFL, Jair has been absent from the team to say the least. I, I joke a lot with people that I don't know if he's on the roster and I was shocked to see him active for the first time on Christmas uh, Eve day. And it really helped the defense having him out there. So I'm glad he's getting an extra rest. Jair is disappointing. He is disrespectful. He not only quit on the Packers, but he quit on the fan base. And if he wants to leave, awesome. You know, you could pull the, is he doing something for the betterment of the team because they can't stand Joe Barry? Well, this isn't how you do it. He definitely could have cost a team a game, um, kicking off twice, and the Packers have no margin for error in a game, right. let alone these last two weeks. So, yeah, Jair's just not a top-five cover corner. He's a, a roving, lean nickelback that's never been able to stay healthy. And since Najee Harris ran him over a year and a half ago, has Jair been the same? No, he he's afraid to tackle. I mean, the one play Two years, had, two and a half years ago at this point now, I the think. The one play yeah. he had in the game was they were ha- – Carolina was headed for a touchdown on that reverse. Jair could have made the tackle. And instead of making the tackle, he tried to hit stick the guy and he pushed him into the end zone for a touchdown. And that's all you got to know that Atlanta game he had this year was disgusting at the start of the year. Go back and watch that Atlanta game again and watch how bad Jair Alexander was. Now, part of that was because Drake London is significantly bigger than Jair and they just have big wide receivers, but still he wasn't tackling. He, he just was not doing the things. And everyone at that point was like, oh, wow, weird game from Jair because it was early in the season. We didn't know what to think. But to your point about, like, not being on the roster, he's playing when he wants to. Like, he played against Devontae Adams. His back was suddenly okay against Devontae Adams. He plays in his home, si- home city of Charlotte. I think he's uh, from North Carolina. He just wants to play in those games that matter to him and not the ones that are like, oh, even the Chiefs. He was like, no, I don't want to play against the Chiefs. I don't play against Patrick Mahomes. That game is not important, apparently, to him. And so, yeah, I think there, you know, when there is a new defensive coordinator, there's going to need to be a reality check with Jair Alexander. I don't think they can trade him with the cap, with the kind of cap hits the Packers would have. There'd have to be a, and I know that they, the NFL cap is so fake. I tried to look at it. Like, we're not even going to spend time on it. He's basically. When he gets moved, it'll be after June 15th, most likely. Um, hey, but the Packers like to have a dead cap. So, you know, we've had anywhere from 40 to $80 million of dead cap at any point in the season on game day. So what is uh, $23 million? The Jair year I had been circling for a year and a half was after next year. I had told you guys that we were going to get out of this deal. Um, so, hey, kudos to Russ Ball. My big thing with Jair, and I didn't get a chance to, you know, listen to ESPN Wisconsin today – or any of the other uh, media outlets, whose call was this? Because a couple major like Twitter people 
um, said that it was Brian Gutenkus' call, which is hilarious. He's the general manager. What does he have to do with day-to-day roster things and who plays on Sunday? That would be ridiculous. And if that is really the case, that opens up this Pandora's box that I've been worried about for two years. And we sound like, you know, we're getting ready to pick in the top five of the draft. We're not. But when you almost lose to the worst team in the NFL last week that has no reason uh, to win or lose and is rudderless and doesn't have an offensive line, you start to just really question these deep things. And it can hopefully we don't just have to redo this podcast in two weeks or on, you know, Monday morning on you know New Year's Day because this team is really talented. But a lot of these things that are coming up, and we'll hit on Joe Barry in a little bit, go back to who the fuck is in control here. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that they are a little bit of a ruggedorship in that that category. To clean up your question about who made this call, Malafleur did say in the press conference that it was him and Brian's decision. They talked about it. They had a conversation with Jair. And it was a joint decision. I think that the first one they've made together jointly in a while, it seems like, right? Right. I mean, and you go back to the point of, and I didn't know this. uh, Bukowski had mentioned this. Apparently, Devontae Wyatt was a coach's pick. Apparently, the coaches really liked Devontae Wyatt. And then he's been terrible. He's, He's been a disappointment. And and Carl Brooks, he had, a, he had a stretch. He had a stretch. Our, our guy, uh, he's Carl, been hurt though. Our guy Carl has been awesome, and that was the guy the Packers just got in the third third day. And it was like you know that's their scouts, and so it's it it's like that's right there the whole point of who's in control, who knows what's going on, and I can't believe that if Brian can step in and say, hey, we got to suspend this guy, how he's not doing that with Joe Barry, and maybe that's like the beginning of the end for everything to say like, and we don't know behind closed doors behind what what's going on at Lambeau. If Brian reached out to Matt and was like, Hey, are you going to suspend Jair for what he did? He's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we got a big game, like Justin Jefferson, like, and he's like, well, but Hey, Jair got torched by Justin Jefferson earlier this year. Oh, right. Oh, uh, they, he didn't uh, Jordan, play. Jordan Addison. No, I mean, Jair Jordan is Addison. not, a no, starting quarterback. Bad. I would. I'd rather see Valentine and Valentine out there. Um, yeah. Wave that those guys have something to fight with, and it's just annoying because I would have rather find Jair a shit ton of money. He's already lost a ton of money, but the precedent it sets is great because this is a young team. We do right. want to get rid of some of the stigma that carried with the Rodgers era and a lot of the veterans, and it set an example. But I really do worry, Charlie that this is just the kind of like little hole in the wall. And these next two weeks are going to get really, really weird. And people are really going to start trying to petition for their jobs. And you're going to, you, you could see that's going to be a big theme of this. For me, we have the most attractive roster in the NFL. We have the most attractive yes. quarterback contract, even when Jordan love gets paid in the next couple months, which we'll talk about, but I mean, heck, people are going to be banging on the door and Mark Murphy's got to pick a succession plan. So they better make some right decisions and figure it out on you know Sunday evening. Right. And I, I do think that, yeah, this is a major line in the sand type game. Uh, and I don't think they're going to quit on the team. I just don't. I think they love Jordan Love so much that they are not going to quit on it like Love What's crazy is like he was it, he met with the media. They asked him about it, and he was just kind of calm, cool, collective. Like, nah, it doesn't bother me. But like, Jordan Love doesn't say anything yet. I think he's either not a talkative guy and has been coached that way, or he's waiting to get paid. 
Yeah. He does I, not really want to comment on anything that is not down the aisle. Right. And, and yeah, and, and we will certainly see if we hear from other guys come up and things like that. But to your point about petitioning, uh, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that Mike Zimmer did an interview with Tom Palisario and was like, yeah, I want to get back into coaching in, in 2024. Now Zimmer and LaFleur had a little bit of a rocky uh, handshake at one point. It seemed like they nev- didn't exactly like each other. Uh, but all of a sudden, after all the smoke around Joe Barry, here comes Mike Zimmer, one of the better defensive minds in football. And he's like, oh, I want to coach again next year. And I've been studying tape and I've been doing this to your point about petitioning. And I don't feel like that was a coincidence, not only for the Packers, but for maybe other jobs that could be looking for a defensive coordinator. And I don't think Zim will get a head coaching job. Oh, this is LinkedIn city right now. These couple, these oh, two yeah. weeks leading up to black Monday or whatever they call it now yeah. in the politically correct world. So um, yeah, I think I have said my piece, uh, Chrissy on Jair. He is not part of this football team. I would be shocked if he ever plays another snap outside oh. of this regular season. I mean, I do think he potentially could play in the Bears game. And, you, you know, if he's willing to play, this is like a – you see this in the NBA a lot. Like when guys yeah. quit. This is James Harden malpractice. That's this great. is I'm Kevin quitting Durant. on the team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Kevin Durant's getting dragged through the mud right now about what's going on with the Suns. But Jair is just not who we signed up for. So Right. Yeah, and – uh I, 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 last question on Jair, and then we can move to Joe Barry. Um, so the Chicago game, we're both going to be in attendance. Do you think that if they introduce the defense, that Jair will get cheers if he's playing, or do you think he'll get booed? I think he will, he should get booed. He I should think, get booed. I don't think he will. I think we're too, we're too nice I, of a fan base. I think and, the pinheads have turned on Jair. I was talking to a bunch of people over the holidays, and they're like some really good friends of ours. And ones that have Jair jerseys and they're bummed. This we have not seen a potential Packer star turn like this. Maybe Greg Jennings in a while, but he didn't turn during the season. No, you know, we and, have and, not seen something like this in a lot. This is this is really like Martellus Benedesque, and he sucked. Yeah, and he wasn't even like a star. Like I can't. You're right. I, it's hard to like put your finger on a guy where he was a quote unquote problem child. Like this has vibes. Of like, and it's not Packers, but like Gary Sheffield, right? Like Gary Sheffield, you know, was a huge star for the Brewers, was going to be a star, and was just a complete dickhead. This is and, Richard Jefferson. Yeah, Richard Jefferson quit on the Bucks, so right. it's it just it like everything it stands for and the Packers stand for is not what Jair stands for, and I don't want him here. Yeah, no, I I think that's I think that's fair, and it'll be very curious to see you know how he responds you know, in next week. And I think that that is, you know, a huge line in the sand for him. And, and maybe this is what turns it around, but it probably doesn't. So uh, it, it's not like anything is better with Joe Barry. I did think it was very laughable. Uh, the pinheads who today online were like, Oh, Jair Alexander gets suspended, but we do nothing about Joe Barry. And it was a clear example of people who did not pay, play a lot of team sports as kids who just have no idea of how, team sports work like it's not correlated like if joe barry was going over matt lafleur's head and making decisions that matt lafleur did not approve of that's how joe barry would get fired in this that's the the jair example of a coach you know getting fired because 
see that's in business all the time, right? You know, some middle management guy just starts making decisions that their CFO or CMO should be making and he gets fired because of it. And that's why, but it, it's not, it, it's not the same. And I know everyone's frustrated with Joe Barry. I know everybody wants Joe Barry out. Joe Barry has not been fired. He probably, he will not be fired here for this, this game. And I don't know. Um, it is, I can't believe Bryce Young looked that good in the second half um, and figured basically it was a good first half. You're like, okay, things are rolling a little bit. And then it all just sort of went out the, went out the door and it was terrible that second half. And it was, you know, you, it was basically last four wins and that's exactly what happened. And he should be embarrassed. And I just wonder like, is he going to do something different here this Sunday? Like you have to think like, Every week we've been asking for it, but it's like, how many more weeks you've made Bryce Young, Tommy DeVito and Baker Mayfield all look like gods. Like at some point you have to realize that it's your fucking scheme and that you, you got to change. Like, it's just so I've never been this frustrated with a coach in my entire really Packer life. Yeah. I think the Lions and Chiefs game covered up a lot of things. Aaron Schatz, um, you know, NFL like genius basically. Yeah, you take guy. out the yeah. If you take out the Brett Rippon game, the Packers have the thirty second ranked DVOA. I don't know. The Chiefs are not the Chiefs, and the Lions are very unpredictable. But I put a you know you brought up Mike Zimmer's name before. I mean, two things on that. If we don't just don't bring the house against whatever Joe Webb lookalike the Vikings start on Sunday, <laughs> it is a crime against yeah. Jaron Hall or Josh. If we lose to any of those quarterbacks, people are getting fired. Yeah. Mike Zimmer, I think, has a better chance to be the Packers head coach than <laughs> the defensive coordinator because wow. Wow. the reason – that Joe Barry is not fired yet is because my guess is Matt LaFleur stuck up for him and Matt's ass is on the line. And the only thing he can cl- cling to is the development of Jordan Love and how the offense is played with no help Absolutely. with the youngest team in the NFL with the most yards ever from not only rookie receivers, but first and second year pass catchers, including tight ends, no starting running back for half the year. So it's very frustrating. I mean, I'm, I'm, we are blessed that Kirk Cousins isn't playing on Sunday. No. And Justin Jefferson, I mean, the East Dakota can't say much different because he hasn't signed a contract extension. And that is going to be a big headline of the offseason oh. uh, outside outside of the quarterback movement. So, yeah, I mean, Joe Barry is Joe Barry. It's laughable. He should be a position coach at an FCS school at best. And uh, I hope he enjoyed his holidays with the Marinelli family. So you sent me that great clip from almost 10 years ago when yeah, the, the Lions went 0-16 and, you know, Rod Marinelli just gets drilled about why his son-in-law is still on the staff. So this guy has a proven track record of being a cocksucker as a play caller. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you summed it up. I mean, that that, that says it all. Like, it's it, it's been so bad. I've had so many where it's like you got to keep talking about this. Like, you know, it, it – it, every week it seemingly gets worse. Like the fourth and one where you have a midget at quarterback and <laughs> you don't have the a gap filled. Like what are oh, we doing? We, I know you tried to look this up a couple weeks ago, but whatever our stat is from first and goal or two goal in the five yard line, 
either the running back walks in or we let Bryce Young, you know, sneak yeah. it in. So it's just, it's embarrassing. And I know I'm going to sound like a broken record. Brian Gutenkoos put this defense together. It was billed before the years. We have nine first round picks. We're going to be this, we were supposed to have been this top five defense for the last three years. And it has gone the completely other way. And I am not happy about it. We don't have a, a linebacker. I think Quay Walker should be used as Hassan Reddick as a rusher. We don't have any safeties. We're starting guys that Rich Passaccia ran out there in the punt team, half the defense, and Kenny Clark can walk. I know that, and I would be surprised if Kenny Clark came back because it would violate a core Ted Thompson, Ron Wolf philosophy of giving non-quarterbacks third contracts. Now, Kenny Clark is still very young because we drafted him when he was 15 years old, but just nobody yeah. you cannot look at one position one guy on well, this defense and Rashawn Gary has been silent for weeks yeah I mean Schneidman should have wrote the Rashawn Gary's been silent article like now versus like the last four the first four weeks after you know his contract I I think to that point about Kenny Clark like going to the Jair situation and everything like there's no defensive leader on this team there's no Fred Warner there's no Bobby Wagner. I know Bobby Wagner is, you know, washed up from what he used to be, but think about prime Bobby. We could have got Bobby Wagner. We, right. We have Devondre Campbell who, you know, used the media to say he's not playing hurt anymore. So we have Isaiah McDuffie out there and a couple other no names. I mean, it is safe to say this team has not had a leader on defense since Charles left. Yeah. Maybe no. Julius Peppers, maybe yep. Julius Peppers. And he left very shortly after that. Right. Uh, and Aaron was always very critical of this. I mean, it hurt me to watch on Sunday or on Monday night, Kyle Hamilton, a guy I was banging the table for. And he just, those guys end up on the Ravens, the Roquan Smiths. Now the bears were never trading us, but there's just these guys that we watch in college football because there's not a lot of defense that is played that you're right. just like, you know what? That guy is going to be on good on Sunday. And you know what? It's not Eric Stotes. It's not Quay Walker. It's not DeAndre Wyatt. And they're going to write a 30 for 30 and direct it about how we drafted the three worst Georgia players in like a 20 player sequence over three, four years. Well, and the bitch of the beast about Kenny Clark, and we'll see where the Packers end up. But like Johnny Newton from Illinois is a monster defensive lineman who plays the same position as Kenny Clark, who's going to be around and available right around that 15th pick. And there's how you replace it. Newton's ready to go. And Illinois' defenders have been pretty good out to shoot. Credit to Brett Bielema. Like, those guys play right away. You had Kirby Joseph's been great. Uh, even though he got kind of torched, uh, the Brown, the safety for the Eagles, has been playing. Uh, you know, they – Hobbs, Nate Hobbs is from – was the Raiders. Like, hey, Illinois plenty of guys in our backyard in the Big Ten. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, that's Brisker another... from Penn State. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. we it's love, insufferable. We love, yeah, we love Brisker. We, we were on the team. And I said uh, in a group chat of ours, like Tyler Newbin, the safety from the Gophers, is really solid, really good player. Probably a guy the Packers should look at in the second round. Will they look at it? I don't know. And um, that's the thing is we're going to – I mean, we don't need to draft many offensive players outside of day two and day three running backs. Yeah. We – I, I mean, we might not see an offensive player picked off the board till day three. We, no. we need tons of guys on defense. We have tons of cap room, and I don't want to do it through free agency, and I'm going to flip out if that's the way it's done um, because it worked once for us with Preston. But it, it's just a defense 
that is, I mean, I would take Brandon Staley right now. And that sounds literally like a felony, but yeah. we just have no identity. And it's been this yeah. way for five, six, seven years. Right. And, and this team should be, this team should easily have nine wins right now. I mean, oh, there's yeah. six games we could go to, but at least two of them should go our yeah. way. Well, so, you, you lost fourth quarter leads to Desmond Ritter, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tommy DeVito. Um, well, else you lost too. There's a couple others. Russell, Russell Wilson. Um, yeah. So all of those, like, there are so many. There, are, I, I'm forgetting a couple too. But like, there, there are all those either or games that exist for that schedule. And yeah, I think you need a defensive coach that's a red ass that has his kind of guys, his his type of players. And you just think about the massive bag fumble this last offseason. And that's where I think to your point about Matt sticking up for him, you're like, okay, Brian Flores hasn't been perfect, but he's been a pretty solid defense coordinator for East Dakota this year. Jim Schwartz has been terrific for the Cleveland Browns. Now the Cleveland Browns have also drafted really well. Uh, JKO was a guy we like, but we're like, he's kind of positionless, but guess what? Cleveland's like, fuck it. We'll just figure it out. Kyle Hamilton's kind of that same way. He's just a guy. Like he is, he's a playmaker. He's a leader. He literally right. can stay on the field at all times. Yes. I mean, Vance Joseph was available. Vic Fangio yes. was available. Well, Fangio was going to go to Miami. Fangio was going to Miami. Like, let's just—he was. He, if you had the choice between Miami or Green Bay, like, yeah, they had way more talent. The Bradley Chubbs, the guys well, in the secondary, you just but, get to no state income tax, get to live in yeah. Florida, like, you know, start yeah, start your fishing career early. Yeah, it's right. a little different exactly. decision. Exactly, but, he can spend all the time breakers. Yeah, the whole thing. But um, this is a theme, though, Charlie. There was no succession plan on the defense of even a guy that had play calling experience right. to right. plug and play. Right. There was not even Joe Barry was so protected. Like he did not have that Matt Patricia type that was right there where Sirianni, credit to him, I'm not a huge Sirianni guy, but he pulls the plug and says, All right, our defense stinks. We're going to go and try something else. I'm not a huge Matt Patricia guy. I would not be fond if Matt Patricia was the lost a ton of weight. God, he must be an Ozempic or something. Oh, oh, Ozempic. Um, shout out to Matty P. Uh, but anyway, so there's that. And like even Kyle Shanahan, like, oh, Brock Purdy was boy had a stinger. Bullshit. He got benched. And that's they wanted the to see what they had in Darnold. And Kyle Shanahan the, is no. not worried of making changes. Yes. That you need to live an uncomfortable lifestyle in the NFL. And the and, NF- NFC is wide open. Like right. this team just needs to get in. Right. And they, and if you look at the stats from the last six weeks, they've had one of the top five offenses in the NFL with nobody. No <laughs> one. We got fucking <laughs> Bo Melton out there. I mean, good God. You like, drop Bo Melton, get it right. Um, so, yeah, like, I mean, it's just frustrating. And it is, it's been a very frustrating Packers season outside of that three game win streak. And yeah. it's been very fun to see Jordan Love mature. Yeah. But man, this, and I could just, this, this front office, this leadership, they just drive me bananas. They, yeah. they just, that I want a leader. I don't even remember the last good defensive coordinator we had. Kurt Shermer of the 90s. Ray Rhodes. No, uh, yeah. So, no, for sure. I mean, they, the Packers, and that 96 team is extremely underrated in terms of being one of the best teams in the NFL ever. Doesn't, yeah. Doesn't get talked they should, about. They're it. a top 15 Super Bowl team, in my opinion, of all right. time. They were loaded mm-hmm. and nope. they had all the pressure on them. They couldn't win the big one. 
They, everybody was primed. They brought in veterans. I mean, so. yeah. Joe Barry, enjoy Cancun, I would yeah. say. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, yeah. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, I, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. Joe Barry's okay, but you know, COVID's kind of floating around again, kind of convenient. <laughs> if maybe not make the trip up 94, it wouldn't be the, you know, it wouldn't be the worst thing. So, yeah. And speaking of, you know, that front office coaching, you know, future and kind of where everything sits, it's, uh, oh, you're talking Jordan Love. Sorry. I, I was looking at my rundown. I, I had my notes. Yeah. Wrong. I mean, they're, they're one and two. Jordan Love is going to get a contract extension. People are going to freak out about the number. He can't get it until May, but, he has played phenomenal this year. He has a major bright future. We're going to have three quarterbacks in 45 years. Sorry, Chicago Bears fans. Sorry, Lions fans. Sorry, Vikings fans. That's just how it works. I am so impressed with Jordan Love, what he has done. He is basically there for me on the organic eye test of, like, that's my guy. I always said when we were on the podcast on Labor Day, I said it just happened to have happened to me naturally. I needed to like have that moment. And we, that Chiefs game was pretty close. I was there. It was amazing. And Jordan Love's going to get paid. And I think that's the storyline there. And that having him in the fold makes this such an attractive position because I don't think that full cap will hit the 2024 cap either. So we're going to have a window here where we need to take advantage yeah. of building around Jordan Love. We need to make some trades. We need to take, you know, take advantage of all these teams that are going to blow up in the offseason and pointing it towards what you briefly brought up. There has to be major decisions made, but from the top down, Mark Murphy needs to name his replacement. And from there, we can decide if Brian Gutenkust, Russ Ball, and Matt LaFleur are going to be part of the future and the Super Bowl run for Jordan Love. Yeah, I think that sums it up really nicely. I think, you know, Brian has nailed these last two drafts. I, I think it's really hard not to look at these last two drafts and give Brian some credit for what he's done. Um, there's talent all over those last two drafts. I think some of the contract decisions have been faulty at best. Um, the Jordan Love contract decision is really bad now. Just give him four for, you know, 75 over the summer. And not this weird, like, almost backup money, you know, on the second part of the deal, which is a team option. I mean, you put all your chips in, you kicked Rodgers out of town, and then you kind of went, all right, I'm going to save myself in the back end because I want to save my job. Then we wouldn't even be having a Jordan Love conversation. We'd be having a conversation like Steph Curry. He's on the best contract in the NFL. Do you think Do you think they did that? And I know you're not a big Brian guy. Do you think they did that because of the quarterbacks that were available this year in terms of the draft and in case they sucked and Caleb Williams, Drake may are right there and they are two and 15 deep. Like I, I I'm just asking the question, like did they do it's that? It's not a bad leverage? thought, but I, yeah, I hope not because we have seen in the NFL, hence the team we just about lost to, you can throw the farm out to go get a guy. People right. are willing to wheel and deal. So yeah. we had enough draft capital with the Rodgers trade. That would be very short-sighted by me. And I would really be bummed by Brian. But I don't know. Maybe Brian didn't do that deal. Maybe Russ Ball did that deal. And Brian goes, oh, here we go. Like, that's why this thing is so screwed up. It's so siloed. I, I always joke about it. It's like you're walking three dogs, and they're all walking three different ways on a leash. So is there – if Russ Ball is the chairman, that's the nightmare scenario, right? 
Like it not possible off. for not 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 possible from what I've okay. heard. Okay. Due to some some off the field, not bad things, but I just don't think Russ Ball can be a front man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I I trust you on that. I think you're you're usually pretty buttoned up on that that type of stuff, and that's good to know though because I think that that then leaves you know other candidates, and we'll sort of see where it goes, and then. I do think Matt LaFleur is going to get another year. I think that with the Jordan Love development, it'd be really hard to throw that baby out of the bathwater and say, we're going to just start anew. I realize there's a ton of talented offensive guys, whether you get some guy from Mike McDaniel system, you get somebody from Shanahan's, you know, Brian Greasy, for example. I'm not saying I want Brian Greasy. But Brian just- Greasy is going to be getting coaching interviews. Yeah, yeah oh, I don't think sure. we can go. I don't think if he fired Lafleur, he could go back to the Shanahan tree. Um, I said that Matt Lafleur was going to get fired on Christmas Eve if we lost to the Panthers, and he just about did it. Crazy thought here. Yeah, clean house and just go get Harbaugh. Could you handle it? Um, yeah, because I like Harbaugh. I don't mind Harbaugh. So um, do I. I like I Harbaugh too. I mean, he's a, he he would outwear his welcome, but we'd get a Super Bowl. Yeah. No, we'd win a Super Bowl for sure. Um, and it would bring back – I mean, you want to talk authority. You want to talk about coin flips, things like that. Like, there is no – Special teams. There like, is things absolutely like that. no doubt who the biggest dick in the crack factory is if you Jim Harbaugh's here. Um, yeah, I, I think it would be interesting. It would be intriguing, right? Uh, I, I, I thought about that as, you know, the Bears will probably sniff Harbaugh, but they can't afford Harbaugh which keeps me, you know, it's it's how I tuck myself in at night that I know the Bears can't afford Harbaugh. And so that, that there is that option. Um, and yeah, there are options available for it. I just wonder, do you really want to fuck with Jordan Love's growth after seeing one year with LaFleur in the starting and it could be even better next year? It's just the other things about Matt LaFleur and how do you, how do you work on those intangibles? How do you fix that and if it's is if it's untenable, if it's not fixable, then I think you have a real conversation with Jordan Love and say, "Here's here's the deal, like we love what you did with Matt. This is not an indication of you. This has nothing to do with you, but we have to kind of we have to kind of do this to kind of take us to the next level. If you want to get kind of really kind of weird with it, and I'm not putting him in the same category, but it's almost like the Jason Kidd Giannis stuff." where like Jason Kidd was such a detriment to the Bucks' future. And even though Giannis was excelling and you could see him kind of hitting this next level, you needed to bring another coach in to really take the team to the next level. And I, I do wonder, is there, is there, is that parallel not, not as crazy as it might sound to some people? We have our next Giannis at quarterback. Giannis, yeah. Jordan Love being a top five quarterback is just as valuable as Giannis was the most, yeah. pres- most, impressive, most important position in all of team sports. So my thing with the floor is he is great until the coin flip. And I know that's no pun intended there. Once we get into games, he is so irregular. He is so irresponsible. He is so hasty the way he throws challenge flags. So I, I'm guessing, and I'm just being very hard on that, he will get another shot. And I have to like take off the goody hat here. Yes, he's done well with these draft picks. Maybe that's Jordan Love. But he had no succession plan for Devontae Adams. And 
you can't say that Brian Gutenkust and the front office has done a good job with this roster if you we listen to the segment we did 10 minutes ago about the defense. Because it's not like this defense is a bunch of old guys. This defense was hand-picked by Brian Gutenkust. That's, I mean, that's a fair challenge. I, I think the what I keep going back to with Brian and what we've talked about a lot offline is like the COVID drafts were terrible. He did not know how to scout during COVID. I'm not using that as an excuse. And other teams were able to figure it out, but he wasn't. And that was a major death sentence for him because those are year three and year four guys that are, are just washes for Green Bay. And that, you know, they're not good, good guys out of that. Now, Jordan Love is one. Yes. But there are multiple that are not. Um, and that is a real problem. And now he was able to course correct it the last two years. But we kind of don't have time. We're not. We're like, if yes, if Jordan Love was drafted these last two years, we'd be on a perfect, perfect plan. He'd be right where we needed to be. And but we Brian, let him sit for three years. So right. we're not on a, we, we no, have I, a I, expedited yeah. window. Right, exactly. And so I, I think that's my long way of saying, yes, I I do think that Brian has done a B to B minus effort. I do think getting out of the Rogers business when he did made sense. Um, And Rogers wanted it out. And Rogers has, it's nothing but am, amicable between the two. Um, And yeah, I, I think that, and that draft pick's going to look good for Green Bay in that Jets draft. It's, it's going to be good. And I hope they have, lose out. Right. You hope they lose out. Maybe the Bills lose to the Patriots this week. And they, you know, that draft, no, it won't happen. But, you know, it's like. I just think with Brian, he's a scout. And it's the same reason people didn't think John Dorsey was fit for the job. And, hey, he's done a great job in Detroit, I would say. He's not the lead guy there, but he's been a, he's done a good job in Detroit doing what his job is. So if it's not a swing for Harbaugh, I'd be calling the Seahawks and offering John Schneider the president position. Let the man come home, reprint the press Gazette for the first time in a few years and bring our boy home because that would be, I get goosebumps thinking about that. So uh, maybe I wouldn't have to do the podcast anymore. Hopefully. So just, (laughs) yeah, there, there'd be a lot of discussions about the John Schneider. The John Schneider thing happened there. Uh, If you know, you know, on that, uh, I, I'm like, a, I'm definitely getting a, a postal courier. I know pretty well. Starting to tip him on the side, so yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, yeah, there there are things Green Bay could do that would kind of change things up and make things a little bit differently. But it's clear that Green Bay needs needs a bit of change. That they need they are not fully there just yet. They're not fully baked. They they have the pieces, but it's not it's not a full stew. And they and they if they think it's a full stew, it's a complete ignorant. It's a complete ignorant way of thinking about things. Hey, and you know what? A lot of this will be a moot point if you know we go into that Viking ship on Sunday night and cure all wounds for a place of horrors dating back to the Hubert Humphrey Metrodome. So I mean you could probably pull it up right now, but we might have won one game in US Bank. Uh, we had that, we won the division there on a Monday night on Christmas, uh, a couple of years ago. Is that 2019 that we went in there pre, on a pre Monday COVID. night? Pre-COVID. Yep. It was a Monday night game. I remember I had off work and I drank heavily that night, uh, cause it was like the day before Christmas and we just kicked the shit out of it. That was the LaFleur Zimmer handshake. 
and that was for the division. And it was, let's see here, that was, oh yeah, 23 to 10 in week 16 in 2019 on a Monday night uh, in U.S. Bank. And yeah, the first game was the, or the second game was the Rogers uh, broken collarbone game in 2017. Uh, then yes, we lost to Minnesota again the following in 2018, one in 2019, one in COVID year. And then we've lost the last two years. Darnell uh, Savage dropped two picks, I believe, to start the year last year. And Christian Watson missed that deep ball. Right. Um, so right. that changed and, the whole season, I always right. say. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, which was crazy. But I, I think if you watched a little bit of Lions-Vikings, they were just using uh, the lines that were was were using Amra St. Brown just around the edges and were able to basically run Blitzbreaker with Amra all game. So if you get Jaden Reed back, that's Jayden Reed what back, you have if, to do. If Wicks can play, if somehow Watson, who knows what the status of him, I mean, he's been out for a month now. So right. can he go? Um, and, and you'd think he'd want to go after, you know, what happened last year. You'd think that he'd want some sort of revenge and kind of get that in there. And I also am like, what does Minnesota have left? Right. TJ Hawkinson done for the year, ACL, MCL, Jordan Addison has an ankle injury. You do have Justin Jefferson, but you don't have that outlet in Hawkinson. It's now Josh Oliver and David, who's their other tight end that they have. It's Oliver and somebody else, but they have nobody. Uh, they have the JJ middle. though. And he, I mean, his- oh, yeah. Oh yeah, career against the Packers is uh, second to none. But maybe we get like a, a late week headline how Justin Jefferson is starting to worry about his contract. I would love that out there if K Fan uh, wanted to sprinkle that out there. So yeah, I'd love he, for them to run another potential Hall of Fame receiver out of uh, out of out of Minneapolis. Anything to ruin Paul Paul Allen's New Year's Eve would make me happy. Um, to get that call from Paul Allen of. If if we beat the Vikings, I'm calling it a post game. Uh, oh. I am for sure. I'll be with you. Uh, you can yes. mark that down. Yeah, yeah. We'll we can the joint call. We'll get it. Um, we'll uh, we'll take care of that. Any other Packer Vikings thoughts or NFL thoughts uh, before we move on to other things? My only NFL thought I jokingly mentioned, but this Russell Wilson thing, it's not shocking, but the fact that the Broncos and the Waltons went through with it is pretty admirable. And we're going to see a ton of quarterback movement this off season. I mean, I just think an insane amount because the league is wide open. Everybody sees kind of the dent in the armor of the chiefs. Kelsey's not getting any younger. I think Kelsey's I think we're, retire. Uh, I would be shocked by that because of the money he makes, but Hey, Love does different things to everybody. I think that Mahomes, and I love Mahomes, and I have a lot invested in Chiefs Super Bowl futures, but I think we are entering that weird Brady period after the first three of four before they went on the second run where they just couldn't draft receivers. They had to pay the line because you have to protect Mahomes, and they're kind of in between windows. This Kelsey window, this Chris Jones window, could kind of be thought of the, you know, the brewski window and then they got to go and get their, you know, their new guys, they got to get the Edelman's, they got to get the Welkers. So I'm never going to want to bet against the chiefs, but I think how that transpires and where these first round quarterbacks go, I pray to God, Caleb Williams stays out of the NFC and something fun happens here at the end of the day. I mean, <laughs> I, uh, I personally I mean, pray to, I, I pray to God that Marvin Harrison Jr. is in a bear 
Um, but best of luck to you, man, on that 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 field. You won't be playing at the horseshoe right. anymore. So yeah, I mean, there. Yeah, this is unfortunately the Carolina Panthers are maybe our rivals by nature of the fact that they gave the Bears this on a silver platter. Now, if the Bears decide to ride with Justin Fields and I they trade it. away that number one pick, I mean, it's Christmas come early, and it's the ultimate ultimate bag fumble. And it's it, it would be amazing. And we'll we'll just sort of have to see. Um, and we'll have to see sort of how it all transpires because it's it's going I agree with you, the quarterback movement's gonna be rapid, especially because there are probably six quarterbacks that could get drafted in the first round or uh, first two rounds, maybe not first round, but first two rounds. That's, first people gotta take swings, see what happens with cousins, uh, see what the Niners do with Purdy. Um, if they bring, you know, Shanahan, this is, I think the Niners are like in do or die um, scenarios because this, you know, it's not a dynasty, but this Shanahan run, um, it's, we're in year five of it. I feel like we're well, four of it. I mean, at some point they need to win the whole thing, which would make me sick because I can't stand the Niners. The Patriots are going to be looking for a quarterback. Mac Jones will be on the move. The Steelers are going to be looking for a quarterback, I believe. That's my Justin Fields dream landing spot for him is going uh, to st- the Steelers. I already saw Russell Wilson mentioned to the Steelers. Russell Wilson can sign for the veteran minimum next year and make the Broncos on the, you know, on the hook for $35 million. So, which I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you do that? Why would you help a team, you know, do that and kind of revive your career? It's just, it's a question of can Russell handle pressure, right? I think, you know, we learned our lesson with Derek Carr that Derek Carr, you couldn't figure out that he couldn't handle pressure. And Derek Carr, whenever he faces a blitzing defense, he loses the game. And that's kind of the same with Russell Wilson. And it's like, is that fixable? Can you fix that? Out Russell of Wilson's guy? Matt Ryan. He's Matt Ryan. He's done. Right. I know and, he's and, had a good year, year statistically, but the eye test says he's done. He looks yeah. cooked, washed, glue factory, and, uh, you know, He's my least it, favorite athlete of all time, I think. So it it's it's definitely fascinating. Um, do you do you have any like predictions for the final two weeks of the year in terms of like how you think it could end up? Um, I mean, I think if the Packers went out and we get the right luck, it'd be awesome to go to Detroit on Saturday night. I've always circled that as a an awesome wild card game. I you think, think Peacock that- Peacock would probably love the Packers to be their their game because that's the peacock game is the the friday the saturday night which nobody can watch outside of the markets that they're in we were trying to watch that Correct. awful chargers bills game that came down to the wire i mean i think a lot i think we're going to continue to see a ton of upsets or a ton of these big you know these big dogs covering there's some insane lines yep. heading into week 17 there's got to be two or three 10 point uh dogs and i think what we're going to see is it'll be really interesting how the chips fall in both conferences because you don't want the Cowboys to get home field advantage. And yep. I don't trust the Ravens even after Monday night. And I look forward to betting against the Ravens this weekend. Yeah. I mean, Oh, so oh, you, I don't know about that. Do you think the dolphins can go into, cause one of my takes is I think the dolphins could lose the division. I think they could lose the division to the Buffalo bills. So they get the bills on week 18 Bills have the Patriots, and I just – I don't know. I but isn't that game in, in Miami? Yeah, which would be Sunday it's night, the, NBC, the whole thing, and yeah. for the division. I, it'll be interesting. I See, I think the Ravens will just be old school. 
heading back east. Brutal game on Monday night. Extremely physical yes. against the Niners team that I still believe in. It'll be interesting if they if they move this Packers Bears game to Saturday night. If they allow the Vikings and the Lions, which I don't think is possible, but if the Bears went out, you're talking about you know their Super Bowl. It's right. very reminiscent, unfortunately, of the Lions game last year where they might not have anything to play other than beating Big Brother. Right, exactly. Which would they would set themselves up, and they're already trying to. Is uh, we're the Lions of last year. We're getting hot at the right time, um, but they don't have Jared Goff, and no. they don't. And have they don't have Dan, Dan Campbell. Campbell. They don't have Dan Campbell, right? Like they have uh, Matt Eberflus is a good defensive coach. He's not a good actual. coach. He's a coordinator, right? So. And I, look, if Matt Eberflus is available next year as a defensive coordinator, I will definitely energy. Yeah, that Matt Matt Eberflus can definitely come up. So. Yeah, we'll have to see. Um, I I may I've got the Bills at eighteen to one for the Super Bowl. Um, so that's uh, interesting. Uh, we'll see see where that Bills could get really hot. Josh Allen winning Super Bowl would be a major deal for the NFL. They yeah. would have this new insane rival, well, not new face, but this rivalry. You know, Mom. you know, it's the Jim Kelly's, um, all the guys in the AFC, the Elways, the Marinos. I mean. You would be in a, and Lamar. You'd have these three young quarterbacks, and you could throw in Burrow and Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the AFC just looks like a gauntlet for the next ten years. Yep. Yeah, and I think the NFC is developing into that. I don't know if Jalen Hurts will get to that level, but you have Jalen Hurts, you have Love, you have Dak, um, and if Caleb Williams goes there, you have you have Caleb Williams, and so you. What, start what to- happens with Purdy? Um, what's the Rams succession plan? What do they do with Kyler Murray? You know, the commanders haven't had a quarterback since Joe Theismann, right. uh, you know, and they very, could get J- yeah, could get the giants don't have a quarterback at all. No. Um, it'll be very fascinating. And I think that's, you know, Belichick will be the all, all, ultimate other domino. I think he is my, if I had to place odds on it right now, staying at the Patriots is number one. Going to the Commanders is number two, and going to the Carolina Panthers is number three, and Harbaugh will want to get in the mix to cause a bidding war. I could see that. And the Chargers completely out because they don't have the money. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Even though Sean Payton wanted to go there, the, we don't know if the Chargers have money, but they definitely don't own their own stadium. So you know, right. they're, they're a tenant in right. uh, SoFi. And I mean, the hypothetical that Simmons started and then part of my take talks about it this week of would they entertain the idea of trading Justin Herbert to the Bears for the number one pick to get Caleb Williams. And then you have Lincoln Riley as your head coach and you because you need to get people into that stadium who are Chargers fans and by proxy USC fans become Chargers fans. Is that. Is that on the table? I know Justin Herbert has a no trade clause. I know he has a big contract. Like, there's a lot of complications that that go into. I don't think you can trade franchise. I don't think you can trade franchise quarterbacks. I just don't see. I don't see the Chargers doing that, and that would be a nightmare. Um, I would rather him go to (laughs) Washington or New York if I had to pick an NFC team. But yeah, I mean, the worst sports city in the world, you know, might need uh, a little pick me up here and there. Yeah, for sure. But uh, you had on our, our rundown here, holiday gambling. What you got there? What do you What do you want to talk about? Um, hopefully, people will be listening to this in time. Uh, we like Arizona tomorrow. We and yes. today, excuse me, on the Thursday night bowl game yep. circuit. We love the over. Uh, we like Rutgers early uh, pinstripe yep. bowl 
tomorrow. Um, you know, hypothetically, if two people in this po- on this podcast were very high up in a pickums pool, I would probably start to track their bets. And <laughs> uh, you got you got to keep an eye out for these fucking transfers. There's nobody playing in these games. Yeah. Like it's insane. There's 40 guys not playing in the Orange Bowl. You know, for the uh, you know, feel sorry for me, Georgia Florida State game. So. Well, I mean, Georgia, what's the interesting thing about that game, which I'm sure that line now has went way crazy, but Georgia, a lot of their best players besides Bowers at a, are, you know, young guys. So they're going to be playing in the game. So, yeah. I mean, how, you know, I, how much I would pound the Browns tomorrow night. The Browns oh, yeah. are doing a whiteout, a chance oh, yeah. to clinch at home. That yes. place is going to be bananas. I yeah. like the Cowboys on Saturday. A yeah. lot. Oh, Cowboys, yeah. Cowboys That's a huge one. bounce back spot. And I mean, look at Buffalo minus 13 is insane. I like big bears to win, but I don't like the minus three, how you could even think to put a bet in, in a game that Falcons participate in and think about taking the spread is literally stuff that the IRS goes after people. So there's some <laughs> dog games. And I think Simmons and Sal mentioned there's like 11 Sunday games. Yeah, I mean, mix in some waters, I would say, people, on Sunday because it's going to be a long one. A lot of gambling, fantasy playoffs. God yes. knows who's going to be this week's Amari Cooper. Butchered one of my fantasy seasons because he was on the bench. It, it, no one ever wants to hear about fantasy football, but I think that is something that everybody could really – Devontae Adams got zero points. Yep, Devontae. Amari Cooper got 52. I uh, I was playing my guy, not our Henny that some know, but our Tosa Henny. And he has beat me in the playoffs multiple times. He's the 49ers to my Packers. And uh, Devontae and Jalen Waddle didn't show up. And that was it. And that was that was curtains. And I had Pickens on my bench. I didn't think George Pickens would do a damn thing. And I knew he Mason Rudolph kind of liked him, but I wasn't it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh yeah, let's fire up George Pickens. And should have. Um, and I, I still would have lost if I had Pickens in the Eagles defense. I would have lost by like point three points, so I'm like almost glad I didn't do it. But yeah, no one, no one exactly cares cares about it. I yeah, there's a lot going on. You also have college basketball starting up again after kind of the holiday break. NBA's rolling through, uh, so there there's a lot of opportunity. Um, and a little, lot little of- puck get get Mister uh, Mister Ice going. But yeah, <laughs> yeah speaking of fantasy, yeah, I lost to my two of my best friends that you know listen to this podcast, J Boy and Kaz, and they they basically. You know, I talked a lot of shit leading up to it. I almost sent our friend Kaz uh, a bottle Moet champagne on Christmas Eve, and it was going to say, great job on an awesome season. Enjoy the third-place game. So I kind of wish I would have done that in hindsight because I'm playing in the third-place game. But, um, yeah, uh, this is a, it's an awesome sports weekend. I think it's an awesome sports week with so many people off and how the holidays set. I can't uh, believe landed. the NFL. I can't believe the NFL is tomorrow. Like, I was thinking about that today. I was like, I can't believe a game tonight. Like, I can't believe that. I wish there back. was two games tomorrow night. I wish they were doing like two games Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And I, I, I wish the Packers played on Saturday. That would be awesome. Yeah. Um, not because I'm a big New Year's Eve guy and you know, anything like that. It would just be. It would be nice to get it out of the way. Right. Yeah. You're sweating it really the entire game. Right. The entire day, you're just thinking about that Packer game and it's just going to be on your brain, on your brain, on your brain. And then it'll be finally time to go and it'll be a big, deep breath. And you'll just be like, all right, we'll hear that stupid fucking horn and there'll be snowmobiles on the field. Yeah. Well, and also for me, 
So I, every New Year's, I have a, uh, I, I do like a family dinner with my in-laws and the seafood, steak, the whole thing. And it's great. I have a lot of fun with it. But I'm like, I kind of told my wife, I'm like, you know, Packers play at 720. And she's like, well, we're not dining and dashing. And I'm like, okay, but Packers play at we 720. Are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, it's, we like to uh, the G dog. We like Murph's got crab legs. I brought some snow crab up from the breakers at the Dave Burke Invitational, so okay. I got those kept away. Um, yeah, go. that's that would be uh, an uncomfortable, not situation for me. I mean, I would just draw the line. No, I, 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 go ahead. You'll figure it out. No, you'll be I'm in not, a good spot. I'm not worried about it. I mean, we usually eat pretty early, um, and I'll just be antsy, trying to get out of there and be like, all right, yeah, we gotta. Got to get moving, and you know, if I have to listen to Wayne and Larry a little bit in the Uber headed down, then that's that's okay. Um, I, I guess speaking of Wayne, he almost didn't say dagger after the Andres Carlson field goal, but he basically put that game away. Little did he know we were going to be playing prevent defense on the same corner throw they've been throwing all game long. They must have seen something because they just kept throwing those corner runs. Yeah. Yeah, oh, but Wayne and Larry, yeah, Wayne and Larry, uh, Wayne Larry would be a good way to at least get uh, to Van Buren in line. You bet. And then, yeah, lastly, on a sad note, her pole passed away, uh, eighty-eight, uh, and obviously a lot of in memoriams today. Um, and it's, I mean, the guy saved the Bucks, and he—that's how he should be remembered. I mean, he was a governor for a long time, and you know, was, you know, a, a stalwart of Wisconsin or was he senator. senator, 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 sorry, Tommy T, uh, Tommy T would yeah, like, Tommy would T. like a minute, Tommy T would like a minute, but no, uh, Herb Paul, I mean, yeah, and I worked as milk house back in the day, uh, state fair slang and milk, um, root beer milk was the best out of those because it was flavored milk and, but never, he never came by when I worked. They, there was always that thing where it's like, Senator could come by the Senator could come by and, Never did. Well, he's probably at that deli he always hung out at. That's right. I still don't even know where it is. It's somewhere like, you know, on 20th and something by Fond du Lac. Oh, but listen, the old guy, the old like rich guys hang out in some of the worst parts of town. Like there's a story about my sister-in-law's boyfriend saving Bud Selig from getting mugged. And basically he got mugged at a north side bank and they stole his money and they were able to attack the guy tackle the guy who mugged him got Bud Selig everything back. They didn't realize it was Bud Selig when he did it. And Bud Selig also offered him free tickets to any baseball game they wanted. Happened to be COVID that next summer. So he never cashed in on it. Uh, but like, yeah, those old guys just don't, they don't give a fuck. Hey, and pretty iconic two owners we had in Milwaukee um, at one point, you know, and Herb and Bud, but Herb Cole saved the bucks. He saved the yeah. bucks in Milwaukee. He could have sold the team to Michael Jordan, who was ready to move the team. That's pretty well reported out there. And he found three hedge funders that he trusts. He trusted, excuse me. And they were able to get funding for the stadium. And even after Herb sold the team, he gave a hundred million back to the team to right. ensure within the sale that the team would stay here. Um, I'm glad he saw the championship. I'm glad he saw the parade. I mean, an iconic pioneer in Wisconsin though, even outside of basketball, um, where he stood on the aisle as a very famous uh, Democratic senator, really stood hard uh, on a number of things. He was just featured, I believe, in the Reggie uh, White 30 for 30, if not another documentary. Um, 
I, I saw he was very big on uh, limiting business taxes. Um, he was not for giving certain businesses, big business, um, you know, a lot of financial opportunity. But he saved the bucks. Cole's department store, from what I grew up on, Cole's grocery store, actually. There used to be some in your backyard, Chuck, oh, yeah. where you grew up in Tosa. Uh, which now the Coles grocery store by Gillies is a pick and save, I believe. And I remember it's going there with my grandma. It's a Sendex. Uh, uh, it's a sen- there's a Sendex uh, by my house. That was used to be a Coles um, that on North Avenue and 86th, 87th. Uh, that used to be a Coles um, growing yeah. up. It was a green Coles and yeah, it now is a Sendex uh, Piggly Wiggly, I think is over at where the department store is. So, yeah, I mean, it's just a lifelong legacy. and He'll yeah, have a statue. He, He'll have a statue outside of Fiserv. He yeah, should. And if yeah, he doesn't, the Bucks are missing out. Because yeah, Herb Cole saved his team. Yeah, and it's probably delayed, honestly. And it's probably something they should have thought about a longer time And he ago. probably didn't want it. He was not someone that ever wanted recognition. Yeah, and maybe, and maybe that was it. Herb was like, look, once I die, you can do whatever you want. But until I die, I don't want the statue there. I would even go to the extent that it should be Herb Cole Court. I mean, honestly, like... It, it, they should the Bucks should do something memorable to him and for him and to honor his family. And I know we made fun of Herb Cole a lot. We used to call the Bucks the Herb Cole eight seed Bucks because we would just slip in just in time for the Bucks to finally make some revenue for the year and get swept by the the Heatles or something like that. Or the Pacers, but, yeah. Or the Pacers sure. or the Bulls, you know. So the you know, the you know, we are massive NBA fans, but a lot of our friends didn't become you know, big NBA fans until like 2016, 2017, other than the, the diehard people that hung on to the, you know, LeBron's like me or the, you know, Kobe people, we all mm-hmm. cheered for other teams. We all yeah. would look, you know, on the schedule to get the three pack for, you know, when the Mavs were going to be in town with Dirk and Kobe would be with the Lakers. And there were some tough years. And, you know, we were both in the Bradley centers, you know, multiple times where the Bucks got booed because they were playing the bulls, but Herb hung on to this team and he sold it to the right people, and you know they retained Giannis, and they won a championship. Really, one of the more remarkable NBA titles of all time, because you know we're not, this isn't the Packers we're talking about, and the same applies to the Brewers. We're in the smallest media market in the country. We don't have that NFL money coming. We don't have any rich, rich history with either team, um, and we had gone twenty years without really a memorable team since the Ray Allen Bucks, which was a, a two a two year thing, other than being a laughing stock. Right. Um, so, and then George Carl ran it over with the truck and yeah. it was, it was no longer there. And Ernie But Grunfeld, look at downtown, look at what Pfizer has done. Oh yeah. Downtown. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it, it, there is so many things that have sort of happened because of Herb Cole and why, and Herb Cole kind of built the table stakes for what it is today. And yeah, the bucks are going to have another chance. And I, to your point about like the media stuff, and I've been talking probably too much about the bucks and the national media relationship, but there aren't a ton of people who are quote unquote Bucks fans, even if they're journalists. So the Bucks don't get covered the same way that Celtics do, the same way the Heat do, the same way the Lakers do, the Warriors do. We, yeah, we got more media members from Australia that care about us than uh, right, exactly. You know, with Kane Pittman, but like, it's, uh, there's all these random Bucks fans all over the country because right. they they were there when the Tank for Jabari year was going on, yeah, and they were there exactly. fear the Deer Bogut season. So right. hey, go win one for Herb. It would be yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah. No, and I'm sure they'll have like a HK. I think the court is a great idea. I'm sure they'll do something jersey patch-wise and, you know, definite moment of silence for the game against the Pacers. It's kind of actually, I wonder, you know, will that Pacers game be 
wouldn't say muted because that's going to be a feisty game, but you know, will they not necessarily be as feisty just to as sort of the first home game since Herb Cole's passing? I would. I don't think Herb would want them being being brawling out uh, out on the court. Depends if anybody needs to score their first NBA point. So we well, find right. out exactly. I mean, look, they're they're playing, but they played well weirdly well tonight. Like it was it was kind of a weird game. It's not necessarily like they. They clearly didn't want to be there. Like they're playing. Oh, they've been in the, they've been in New York for like four days. Right, and they were playing this second string Nets team who rested all their guys after playing a game seven against Pistons the night prior. But I mean, they had forty one assists. They had like twenty three threes. Um, they couldn't miss in the fourth quarter. Uh, it was awesome. Chris had twenty seven and ten. Chris, Chris is back. I know you're not a Chris Middleton guy. Um, sorry. No, I'm to, ba- I, I've been back uh, on Chris Island since the championship. I mean. Chris is a good player. Um, I'm not um, fully invested in the Bucks yet. This Packers season has just taken too many, too, too much time off my life. That's fine. But uh, yeah, well, I'll be ready. I mean, I'll be the second be... half Murph for the NBA. You know, once once I, once I get to Indy for the All Star game, if I get to go, I will. Uh, I'll be locked in. There's a good good little stretch coming up where you got the Bucks Celtics on Saturday or Thursday, and then on Saturday it's Bucks Warriors, and that's both both at home. So that's a uh... yeah. I got to get to. I gotta get to it. I've only been to one Knicks uh, Knicks game this year, which was part of the, the first game of the plans. So yeah, it'll. It, it, the Bucks took care of a game on Wednesday night. The Packers almost couldn't in Carolina on Sunday. So right. those That's are two way, different good, teams. It's a good way, good way to end it, man. Uh, for sure. Uh, well, that does it for this today. I'll be back tomorrow. We're gonna do a wrap up show for the year. Uh, Murph loves when I go uh, radio topics uh, for the. Uh, What's your favorite New Year's Eve menu, or what's what's on your go-to worst New Year's, best New Year's? No, no, no. (laughs) It's gonna, it's just gonna be like best moments. What's your New Year's resolution? No, no New Year's resolution. None of that bullshit. (laughs) No, man. I appreciate you uh, coming on, and I'll be back with you next week. And uh, yeah, sure, we'll maybe get the three of us together for a for episode sooner rather than later as well. Happy New Year, Tappers! All right, see you guys. Take care. Have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.